Welcome to the CT Startup Podcast, an inside perspective on the startup ecosystem in the great state of Connecticut. I'm your host, Michael Kaufman with Moby Interactive. Dave Bernard from Martha Carolina. Eric Francis, Fresh Fire Aquatic. And we are sitting here with Antoine Debnum with Triple Tote. Antoine, welcome to the podcast, man. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. So, so I had the luxury of uh, being a judge and at an Entrepreneur Innovation Awards uh presentation when was it It was last summer we think right yeah last june last june and you came on with your product triple tote which which we'll have you describe the audience just in a second and your presentation completely wowed the audience and the judges and i remember there's one judge that asked you a question like well what if somebody wants a triple tote you know to do this and you're like well that'll be our sport model you pulled a whole different thing out of your bag like you're completely lined up you brought out a matching pair of sneakers uh it was it, it was great and uh you just had the personality to completely sell this thing. So so tell us about it, and, and we'll go from there. So the triple toe is a hands-free multi-toe for people who carry multiple things when they're traveling, when they're shopping, or even when they're on their way to work in the morning. And to get an idea of what it looks like, it has a small saddle. So it has a small base that kind of contours to the side of your body by your rib cage. On that base, there's a set of hooks, three, sometimes two. And those hooks, in the shape of hands, allow you to carry things. They're spring-loaded, so you can load stuff into them. It'll hold it. And then there's a little loop locking system so that nothing will just fall off. And also, so that nobody can just take something off your person while you're carrying it. And this whole device goes around your body, just like a messenger bag strap. And it goes over your opposite shoulder, so it really is comfortable. You know, it's interesting on this show and in a lot of things that I deal with, and I imagine Eric and Mike deal with in real life. We we meet a lot of tech companies. We meet a lot of you know sometimes manufacturing, but they're but they're manufacturing stuff in the tech area. This is just a fantastic consumer product that is like Shark Tank, yeah. and and it works. The funny thing is when you try it on, it's really lightweight. Mike, mm-hmm. you tried it on this one, right? Oh, I did. I'm a different man. I'm a, di- <laughs> I'm a different man now. No, it's incredibly no, comfortable. He's uh, a better man. Different. No, but incredibly comfortable. Looks great. I mean, you made that prototype yourself, you said, correct? Yeah, I definitely designed the prototype myself, and then I had to take it to the professionals to actually, you know, make the part side and assemble it. But yeah, it was through a lot of trial and error, and we worked worked actually with a um, board certified chiropractor to make sure that it was comfortable and that it made it easier for a person to carry stuff, and that helped us with the design also. Nice. So uh, when I uh, watched the video of the EIA presentation, you said you did a, a lot of uh, customer discovery, huh? You went out there and talked to, uh, like, what, 500 people? Yeah, I talked to 500 different people, and so you got about 400 different perspectives on the product, <laughs> and it's hard to know what to choose. So out mm-hmm. of all those surveys and try-ons, you had to just find what commonalities everybody's um you know, everybody's results had. And what we found out was that people wanted something that was smaller than our original, so we made a smaller one. Some people said they want one that folds up and fits into your pocket or pocketbook when they're not using it. So we made a folding version out of those things. So every time we met with people, we got a different perspective. And we can tell now by when we talk to people, there's not as much pushback as far as design goes. They're actually ready to buy and so that's why we know we're ready to come to market with the product. Nice, nice. So who is this exactly for? Who's like the, the out of all those people that you talk to, out of all like the, the um, surveys like that, who is the person that you nailed it down to? Because obviously there's hundreds of different customers, right? It could, yes. it could yeah. apply to different uh, segments. So like who, who is it for now? Our product mainly be- benefits the, um, the, professional, the professional woman. And not just somebody that works at a, um, an office or an office building, but just somebody that's out here working, commuting to work. That same person when they get paid, they're going to shop at the mall. They're going to have bags on the way to work. They're going to have bags on the way to the mall. That same person, female most likely, is going to go on vacation. In the airport, they're going to have to carry some headphones maybe, a carry-on bag maybe, a neck pillow maybe, and the triple toe can hold all those things for them. And that's the great thing about the product. It helps in those environments. But since women 95% leave the house with a pocketbook every single day, 
they already have a bag in hand from the jump. Even if they have a child, diaper bag. Even if they're going to work, lunch bag. Even if it rains, umbrella. Again, triple token holds all of that. And so... <clears throat> It, and it's not just even that is surprising. I mean, you've talked to me that you've talked to companies that work in nursing and hospitals um, to help them carry a lot of stuff around. People uh, who maybe in grocery stores uh, where where they may have to carry multiple bags, or they bring bags with them. Even they bring the recyclable bags and they put food in them, and they may want to help stack them up, make it easier to carry more food. Uh, it's really pretty versatile. Definitely, definitely. And um, what I try to get out there is that the product is meant to be a helpful item and that's my main goal when putting it out because the way I came up with the idea even is my mom was a retiring nurse at the time she was winding down to retirement and because she was a nurse for 40 years she had arthritis in both hands so even for her to clinch a fist or hold a bag that's light or hold anything that's light it was an, it was an effort and it would hurt and so she would go to work she would have her pocketbook she have a bag of five and she would have maybe an umbrella or lunch sometime and she'd be carrying all these things in her hands you know, thank God nobody ever tried to take anything from her. But I said, if she had an extra set of hands where her hands can actually be free and the device could hold those things for her, that would be a huge help for her. And that's how I came up with the idea. And then another another thing that it had to be it had to be an inexpensive product. And that's what I'm most proud of is that we were able to get the design down while keeping the product very inexpensive for people. Yeah, I think the applications are tremendous. I mean, I think once you bring it to market, you're going to find some, like, product market fits that you didn't even expect. I mean, you know, we were talking about food delivery. You know, I, I was just down in New York City. These guys are cruising around the city left and right on bikes with food bags hanging on their person and on <laughs> their, uh, quote-unquote, vehicle. But, you know, the, the athletes, um, not me... Uh, but, you know, those athletes that are carrying around three bags, guys on the way to work who have a, you know, a work bag and a gym bag, uh, I, think, I think it's just going to spread. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a professional woman, so I, I'm not necessarily your, your customer segment. Keep but, growing that man. Well, no, 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 you go in the hair. I'm going to look like that. I was going to say, he's not really a professional man either. So I'm, I'm professional something. I'm like in the middle. Kind of. Hey, the third bathroom's for me. Um, the two bathrooms are for me. So, uh, what I was saying is that, honestly, like, <laughs> what? I want my own bathroom. <laughs> but, uh, like, I, like before before we got here, I was setting up for a, uh, for a conference. And, uh, I mean, honestly, I think it looks cool as a guy just fumbling around, having everything in your hands, kind of going through the door and dropping stuff. But, I mean, I, just going into there, I could have I seen use for it. Um, and, you know, that's what I'm saying is that I don't, I don't carry a lot of bags except for my book bag. You know what I'm saying? I, like, I don't have a briefcase yeah. or anything like that, and I try not to carry a lot of stuff. However, um, when I go on vacation with my girlfriend, I'm carrying all of her bags. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you don't <laughs> need a triple toe. <laughs> I need two triple, triple toes. <laughs> I don't want to be double satchel on them. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, when I um, go to the mall and shop with my wife, one thing I realized in another use for the triple toe, I guess, is that I end up carrying her bags, and they only have one shirt in them, but it's like five different bags, five different shirts in each bag. And they're not heavy, but that twine is still annoying, and it still cuts into my fingers, and I wish I didn't have to carry them. So to be hands-free and maybe have a triple toe even for my own use at the mall just shopping with my wife is helpful because sometimes it's not about that a bag is heavy or there's too many of them. It's just annoying to have to hold them while you try to do something else. So I'm going to the Apple store looking at phones and I have to maneuver these bags with me and, you know, put them all on one hand while I look at the phone. It's too much. If I just had them by my side, I'm basically hands-free. I do whatever I want as I go into stores. So you, uh, so, so your mother was having, you know, this, these issues going into work and like that and you, you know, one day it just pops into your head, oh, the triple tilt, right? So, so I mean, did you ever think you were going to be a business owner? I mean, how, how did you get to that spot? Um, when you had that idea, how long has it been since that first idea kind of came to your head? Well, what happened, I, I moved down to Atlanta. I went to college in Atlanta. I went to Clark Atlanta. So I did a couple years up there. I started out at UConn, and then I moved down south and lived at Clark Atlanta. And I had a great time in Atlanta. But when I came came back up, it was because I had got laid off from Sears Credit, right? And so I had been working there for three years. And this is like 15 years ago. I had been working there for three years, and I was we were getting laid off. We had a huge, you know, huge, huge notice, long time to find a job. We didn't fire right away. And my friend just said to me, yo, instead of going to look for another job, 
And you follow your dreams, because I had been talking about ideas, right? And this is 15 years ago. And so when I left there, I just started. Now, I still had to get on the job. I said I'd build your paper, but I would, my part-time job would be trying to get these ideas off the ground. And when I came up with Triple Toe, I was actually in the middle of a negotiate for a previous part that I had invented. And the negotiation didn't go well, but during the negotiating period, my mind was going crazy. What's next? If this guy gets this product from me, then what do next? Where am I going to go? You know, I started to like, have abandonment issues with my own product. <laughs> you know, it was crazy, right? And so I said, let me just look and see what problems people are having. And in the morning, I would see my mom leaving for work. And I, that's when it hit me. And then I would go out into the street. And I would see everybody's having the same problem on the way to work. You know, even one funny story, I went to the mall with my best friend. You know, my boy Devon, who's one of my best friends. We went to the Buckland Mall. And I'm looking around the mall, and there's something that's real obvious. Everybody's carrying bags. And I start to, like, hyperventilate. I'm like, yo. <laughs> Look at all this money. <laughs> you know what's so crazy? And it's not, I didn't even think about money, but I just felt like I feel like everybody's barefoot, and I didn't think the shoe. Like, <laughs> I just saw that many. I was like, you got to go. We had to leave the mall. I know it's crazy. I was like, yo. And I was like, and my fear started kicking on me. Somebody's going to think it's idea. If I don't bring it to market, if I don't help them get a patent, somebody else is going to do it because it's so obvious that everywhere you go, every single day, people are carrying things. And from that, I just jumped on it. I began filing a patent back in 2012. And I just got the patent approved like six weeks ago. You know what I'm saying? So this whole time you're It's a process. In, yeah, you're working in that gray space of, I hope I can get a patent because I feel like I have something. I hope nobody can just run me over and take it. And even that patent thing is, can get true because people can infringe, but it was a long time coming, but I really appreciate the process and I really learned a lot about myself in the process. That's great. And, and Antoine, I got to say, you're one of the, the most assured self-starters I've, I've ever met, which is, no, it's awesome. I, you know, there are certain types of people who, there's a lot of people who want to become an entrepreneur, but there's only certain types of people who are really going to be successful at it. And Yours is, is uh, you know, we, we've often talked about in this program about bootstrapping, about, you know, making sure you get your company as far as you can before you try to take on any uh, outside money and, and everything. And you've been able to get this pretty much done all on your own. And so tell us about that process. I mean, you've been out there every day pushing this. So the process of doing it on your own is really the process of knowing yourself, right? Like, I am not an engineer type. I'm not a person that can drill down on something for long hours and just pick out the littlest things and make it perfect. I'm more of a marketing creative type, but I also have a real strong opinion about how I want the product to be. So in the process of bringing it to market, I met people who wanted to license it from me. I actually met a guy who offered me money to buy into the company and then we would go for it together. And that was a cool to get that validation. But when I hear what they want to do with the product, it's not what I wanted to do. So really, I'm a more of a creative type that was forced to get into business in order to bring my concept to reality the way I wanted to. And I'm doing it my way. Even now, like I'm doing a Kickstarter, I'm doing a Kickstarter differently because I'm doing it my way. Like, I'm not big on social media, but I am very interested and very intrigued by it and I'm learning it. So I'm learning on the job, but my strength already is sales. My strength is group sales making a cold call, running up in the store, and just asking for the owner. That's my strength. So even while I do my Kickstarter, I'm doing that my way. I'm talking to people out in public. I'm trying to take a thousand pictures of a thousand people in a thousand poses, posting to their social media. And that's my social media where I'm turning that viral world. I'm doing it manually to a certain extent. You know, but it's working for me, and I'm appreciative of it. You know? That's great. So you're getting this Kickstarter off the ground. Uh, this is your first time doing a Kickstarter. What's that experience like so far? You know, it's crazy. You really got to talk to yourself a lot through it because you set up a goal, right? And I set up a goal for the amount I want to raise. And there's a date when the Kickstarter comes to the end. And I started to feel like I'm going to owe the money. Like instead of raising the amount I'm trying to raise, I started to feel like, yo, by this date come, you got to come up with this money. Almost like it's a bill. <laughs> It started to feel crazy, right? And I was like, relax. Like, if you don't hit your goal, it's okay. You're still in business right now, able to do deals right now. But when you look at that number, you see that clock winding down, you start to build anxiety like I never felt before. And so... Final countdown. 
So yeah, just through a lot of talking to myself, I got into a place where I could relax, and then stuff began to happen. And then, like even the first day, I was I was telling you that um, I got a call from a, a a marketing company that wanted to actually license it from me on my first day on Kickstarter, which was huge, you know, a good boost. And then even throughout, I've been talking to companies doing group sales, and I got a, maybe a small order place for some kind of group sales, which is which is great. So I think the Kickstarter. In more ways than one, even if I don't hit the goal, has already launched me out into business. And the, and the money that you raise can be used for manufacturing? Yeah, the money I'm raising for the K-Star, the minimum amount that I need would cover the amount of polishing off the prototype for the folding triple tote specifically. Polish that one off. I'll be allowed to make molds for the manufacturing, and I'll be able to make the first run to fulfill the orders that are placed through Kickstarter. So I just put the minimal amount I need to accomplish those three things. Now I, I have to admit I uh, I bat the Kickstarter. I want triple toe. Uh, <laughs> well, actually, the, the funny how, thing is, how many bags do you carry right now? Well, in addition to my purse, I carry. Uh, <laughs> it's, my, a it, it's, it's a purse. It's a purse. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a satchel. It's a satchel. Uh, no, actually, um, you know, oddly enough, it's it struck me at the right time as some products often do. You just see something like that is exactly what's perfect for the right time. My my wife uh, recently broke a bone. And she is on crutches, and so <clears throat> she can't carry anything. And and uh, she recently purchased a product called a, a crutch caddy, which is this like little uh, kind of uh, little bag that kind of uh, velcros around a crutch. But it, at most, she gets to carry a bottle of water or a cup of coffee or something in that, right? Um, with the triple tote, she would be able to carry everything, and it wouldn't affect the weight going on the bone because she still has the crutch. And I just thought it would be the perfect solution for her. And to have something like that on the market, it's something I'm willing to support. I appreciate that. I will say it's just fun to say. Triple tote. <laughs> so, so you said you started Kickstarter. Let's, I mean, we'll repeat at the end of the episode, but let's uh, tell people where the Kickstarter is. It's on Kickstarter. They just type in what? Triple tote? Yeah. Well, they can just go to tripletote.com. <clears throat> it's the easiest way to get to my Kickstarter because it links you right to the page. Okay. So if you just go to tripletote.com, it'll take you through to the Kickstarter. And that's the easiest way I found to market it. And, and what are the reward levels? The reward levels is the first level of donation allows you to, to basically own a triple tote, um, $25. The second level of donation, $40, allows you to get two folding triple totes. And you get a t-shirt that you'll see in the video that I'm wearing while we're actually filming. Um, the third level is that you're going to get a triple tote that already comes loaded. So it's going to already come with um, a matching bag, an umbrella set with triple tote logos on it. And those are the main three levels that an individual will be able to get involved with. It. And I've been getting a lot of good help from friends and family with the support of the Kickstarter so far, too. That's awesome. So you, uh, so you went out for the Entrepreneur Innovation Awards. Yes. It, well, tell us about that process. You said you applied five times? Yeah, I've applied five times for the Innovation Awards, and I think it accepted the first four times, but I got accepted the fifth time, and I did pretty well at, at the awards. Um, so what, what changed between each time? What, what was it that, how, how did your application develop, or did they provide any good feedback? Or Honestly, I think it was just the fact that I applied five times. <laughs> to be Sounds honest, about right. yeah, there, I don't think there was any rhyme or reason or I think strategy. And you know, when you don't get accepted, you take it super personal. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when you, as your company, whatever your company is, you look at other companies winning, you judge it like, oh, he won and I didn't get in, you know. And that's just being human, right? Mm -hmm. But in life, especially in business, if you don't get back up and try again, you're not going to win. It's just not going to happen. So you, I, just, I would just submit it almost like routine, like, oh, it's coming up again. Let's just submit. And I took a lot of emotion out of it. But then when I got accepted, it was like one of the happiest days of my life. And then, you know what I mean? And, and in the one that you got accepted, you presented, you won the Judges Award. You won the Audience Award. You won the Angel Investor Award. I mean, so everybody in the room loved it. Let me, let me tell you how um, serendipity works, right? My company is called Delight Design. It's the company that makes the triple tote that I'm working right now. I wanted to go last because I wanted to create a spectacle on purpose because that's my strong suit. I'm not a good PowerPoint person that's just going to have the bullet points and the precision in the suit. That's just not me. I wanted to go last. My temporary site for triple tote was we put the D in design. That begins with W. Delight Design begins with D. They listed the companies alphabetically. I wanted to go last. They didn't put Delight Design. They put we put the D in design. So it automatically put me last. 
So now I'm last, which is nerve wracking while you're watching everybody else present. But it put me right where I wanted to be. So when I got on stage, I blew my time, the first part, just trying to get the audience involved. And then I was able to present and I got cut off from doing the spectacle that I wanted to do. It cut off because I started late from getting the audience involved. So I said to myself, I'm going to do that spectacle. I don't know how, but I'm going to do it. And then the last judge, who wasn't as friendly as the other judges, let's just say, <laughs> he said something like, well, what if I don't like how it looks, is what he said, right? And so I said, oh, you need a triple tote sport. I need a chance to present the triple tote sport. <laughs> so not only did I pull out this big neon bag with this big neon triple tote, I took off my sneakers, which had neon green Nike stripes on them, and I had on neon green socks. So I'm lit up on stage taking off my socks and shoes, or taking off my shoes, not my socks, to display how the triple toe works. And that's what pushed me over the top, I think, to win those awards. Every, yeah, that was a, it was a hell of a response at exactly the right time. He had, he had asked everybody some tough questions. Um, some of them responded better than others, but you, uh, you you blew it away with that. So. <laughs> he did a big fuck you. That's a hard question. It's like, all right, well... <laughs> That, it was great. It was Mike perfect. Drop. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It, in fact, that's what it felt like. I gonna say, yeah. you know, the judge's side. But you know, Connecticut Innovations. I work with them a, a, a lot in the development of my business and business process. So, even though it took long for me for me to get on to the Innovation Awards, during the process, I was still getting help from them, and I understand that they have a lot of considerations to make for as far as picking, making sure they're fair and stuff like that, and making sure they're picking the best potential products. But you know, when it's your stuff, you don't care, you take it personal. You know, they, mm -hmm. can, they can pick the Nobel Prize winner from last year, you still would be like, my product's better than his. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so have you felt that the, um, kind of the ecosystem in Connecticut has, has really helped you? Has it been something that you have kind of fought against? Um, cause I know, I know uh, Eric Knight has definitely talked uh, um, about you, or at least that's how I, I uh, found out about you originally um but uh like i mean we all have have had um different experiences with the ecosystem good bad how, how has yours been well i think that people in different situations and um different mindsets have different you know different re results from working with the ecosystem i believe that i work well with it but I only believe that I work well with it is because I know exactly what I'm out to get when I'm working with the resource. So for that reason, I'm only going in for that expectation of receiving that one thing that I can get from them. And then sometimes you get rejected. But it's okay because there's so many resources out here. If you're down to look, if you're down to put in the work, that you're going to get what you want. And it may not be from a resource that's a government agency or a nonprofit or a government. It may just be an investor you meet at one of the events. Mm -hmm. It may just be another entrepreneur who has a connection can give you. So if you know what you want to get out of it, I believe that the situations you get into by going for those things is going to help you out on its own. And if I didn't get any help from the Connecticut ecosystem, I believe in myself that I would be okay because that's my goal is to get what I want out of it. I think people look at an ecosystem, in my opinion, I think it's the wrong way to look at it. But I think people look at ecosystem like, I have an idea, I'm going to show my idea, put me in business. No. Before there was an ecosystem, they were entrepreneurs making millions and billions of dollars. And they were mom and pop shops making money for their family before the ecosystem even came. You are in this business. It's your business. You make it happen. And I think people sometimes, in my opinion, look at the ecosystem to say, I have an idea. Make it happen for me. So I don't think you can lose if you have a determination level that's just above the ecosystem even. I think that's a, a different perspective that we had. That we've had, like, and, and and I I agree with that. I agree with that. There's definitely people, um, and sometimes you get lured into, oh, there's so many resources out there. There's this accelerator. Then there's these these uh, you know entrepreneurs and writers, and then there's these finance guys that I can go talk to. And it's just like just by going to talk to them, it's just going to magically kind of like float up, and and you know the the business is going to launch. And so I think you're I think you're right. I think there's a lot some people who don't know what they want out of it so they're kind of just floating around kind, mm -hmm. kind of a thing instead of just being kind of that it seems like you had a laser focused on this is exactly what i need this is my th this is the the area in which i'm not as proficient as another one so yeah and i think that being a marketing guy i think that my expertise is just knowing myself like i think that's what i know best and that's all i can operate against right i can't operate it because when you go into these ecosystems and you learn about 
what it takes to get an angel investor, or you learn about how to do A-B testing, or you learn about how to do customer intercepts and customer discovery. First of all, when I got into the ecosystem at the RBA site, I never even heard those terms. Right? You're, you're like, what, I got to go talk to people? Yeah, exactly. yeah but I, I know. I've talked to people already, right? I do yeah. telemarketing, but you don't know the business term for it, so it feels like, what are they talking about? But when you're comfortable in yourself, you just ask, and you're like, okay, that's just this. Or that's just something I've already done. This, this is the professional word for it. So for me, it was a really ground-up start, even into getting into the ecosystem. And I never had a problem with learning, and I never had a problem with helping people. Look, the easiest way to get far in this ecosystem is to help somebody first. It's to help mm-hmm. somebody first, right? And that way you build equity. And I'm not saying in an insincere, opportunistic way. I'm saying really, if like my product is made to help people. Everything I've done, I've been volunteering since I was 14. It's made to help people. So naturally, I'm going to just get into the ecosystem, help somebody and learn about it first. Then I know how to approach it. Mm-hmm. But then I know how to get what I need out of it. Well, I know that it may even not be for me, and that's okay, too. But it's all about, to me, knowing yourself, and you're going to get from any ecosystem, anywhere, in my opinion, what you want out of it. Kind of like Gary Vaynerchuk, he's always promoting self-awareness now. It's his big thing with entrepreneurs, being self-aware. So yeah, you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. You know, you know and I got to admit, I'm a huge Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, I'm a huge Gary Vaynerchuk fan. At the same time, I'm a huge fan of balancing making it happen between letting it happen yeah so sometimes i push up against the wall so many times it just doesn't work and then i start pushing and the wall just falls i'm like oh so sometimes it's that balance and everybody for themselves and their situation has to find that balance in my opinion but i'm a huge baby and truck fan but at the same time i'm really big on somebody like talking about how the universe will aid you and letting it happen letting it flow and i just try to keep a good balance for myself and don't get me wrong some people don't try hard and they get very successful. They make a lot of money. They're not putting in hours like you think. And they're making tons and tons of money. I know people who have not put a lot of time into their work. And they're making tons of money. Maybe it's timing. Maybe they had the right idea. Maybe it's luck. But me, it hasn't been that way. It's been a mix. So I'm just trying to find the best flow for myself. Yeah, but also with the lack of work, you could be lucky. You could hit, you know, hot spots. But... Mm-hmm. Is that sustainable? That's, that's, that's the question. The question. Oh, yeah, if that's so, the question. I want to talk to these people. <laughs> that, and that's the, that's the question. Is it sustainable? And I think that the main thing that a lot of people are starting to understand is that what are you trying to get out of it? And if you're trying to get money, you may have a harder time. I think if you're trying to help people with your product or your service, you'll get where you're trying to get faster. I think too many people focus on the money. You should know your money. You should know financials. You should be good with balancing, you know, having a good balance sheet. But I think that if the religion of your company, and Gary Vaynerchuk talks about religion a lot, but if the religion of your company and product or service is to help people, you're going to win. You just got to figure out how. That's a great philosophy. And, you know, it's, I, I agree with Eric. That, you know, you sort of have brought a statement I don't think we've heard before uh, on the podcast, sort of about self-reliance and being self-aware and, and being understanding. Um, and, it, and it's interesting. I mean, we just um, – so I, I teach at an incubator at UConn. Um, and, you know, one of the things you're constantly passing on to the students from day one is, listen, we will provide you with all the mentorship we can. And we're, the mentors are happy to help you whenever. But every decision is yours. We're not making decisions for you. We're not, you know, and, and that's why you have advisors. If you've got lawyers or accountants or mentors and other things, they're going to provide advice. But at the end of the day, you're the one responsible for that decision. And, you know, even if you're a student at UConn or, or wherever, you need to start learning that self-reliance, that sort of, you, you know, taking on that responsibility early on. Yeah, and that's that's the only way to go for me because people are able to help you, but... People have jobs. People have their endeavors. Nobody, like, there's this fantasy that um, when you start out with a business that you're going to meet that mentor and he's going to put you under his wing, you know, like in the movies, and he's going to take you from the beginning all the way to stardom, you know? Mm-hmm. It's never going to happen like that. It's your business. You're going to meet mentors that are going to come into your life for a season. You know, I've been working with Eric for years, so he's been there for a long time for me. He's probably the closest thing to that for me, Eric Knight. But other people I've just met, and they've just helped me move a block or two, helped me move a mile or two. But it's okay, and you don't have to have the expectation that somebody's going to do that for you. Yeah. Just 
keep moving and you'll keep encountering people who keep boosting you along. I call it hitchhiking, right? <laughs> like if I had to hitchhike from here to California, I can go from, okay, Connecticut to Pennsylvania. I can maybe get from Pennsylvania to Chicago and then maybe Chicago to the Dakotas. But I can get to California eventually if I keep hitchhiking, right? And those rides are just advice or help or inspiration. But to put the idea that somebody else is going to completely responsible for making your project, your dream happen, it's just not really it's like, it's, Yeah, it's irresponsible. I mean, yeah. it's your it's your ship and you're, you're commanding it. I mean, you know, I'm a huge advocate for mastermind groups, you know, getting yes. together. Yes. You know, a core group of users, you know, when I started Movie, it was my first time in digital health. I didn't know the first thing. But I started building that network who could help me along that path, by no means help me dictate where the ship is going, but help me avoid the potholes that are in front of you. And, you know, like you said, I just continue to network and build that out because some are with you from a season. Some are, you know, lifelong friends that I've yes. made in this process. Yeah, really Not good. in this room. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just hitchhiking, guys. Thanks. Just, just, <laughs> appreciate the ride. You know what? I'm gonna get in on this block and get out of the next block. <laughs> Good run, thanks. Enjoy your drive. Yeah. But actually, I, I really do like that idea of kind of hitchhiking through your, your way through because you are right. When it comes to mentors, um, and I mean, we we've had it with with Fresh Farms that there's been some people who have literally just gotten us to the next level. Mm -hmm. um, there's some people who we continually come back to, um, and it's also something where. A, Again, it's kind of like the give and take, right? Yes. You got to give something into the ecosystem. You got to give something yes. into into to get stuff out. And I think there's a lot of people who are willing to give, you know, a little bit. And that's, that's all. Right. And and the thing is that they just want to give. They don't need. They don't want to go to the next level with you. They're just saying, hey, listen, I want to make this connection for you, or I have these, you know, these five pieces of advice for you, and and let me help you work it out. So. I, I, li I like that, that kind of, uh, you might have to go, and by the way, hitchhiking now, I doubt you could probably get to, to California right now with hitchhiking. I don't know. I don't no, know. No, you totally can. I was talking to a guy actually. Not using in, Craigslist. Not using Craigslist. No, I was talking to a guy down in Florida. He actually has a, a website and young, young guy, he's probably about 22 and he's just been hitchhiking across the country. Uh, wow. and it's all, he, he records everything <laughs> yeah. probably for security purposes more than anything. <laughs> yes, yeah. But, uh, that was really cool. Okay, actually, he sounds like a business. Sounds like, sounds like he's trying to get a he, blog. Going. I'll tell you, he has a whole lot of fun doing it. Yeah, he's got a blog going, and he's you know I don't know how he's actually supporting himself in that process. Maybe he's one of those people that doesn't work very hard, just keeps riding his cash. Like I don't a, know. He's like an inverted Uber. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Didn't uh, Oni, formerly of the Happiness Lab, hitchhike across the country? He he did it with Craigslist. Oh, I'm really? sure, I didn't I'm pretty, know that. I'm pretty sure he like uh, he like put on Craigslist. Said it, it was down to like South Carolina or North Carolina or something like that. I feel like I feel like it was on the podcast. He was talking about how he he, yeah. like, he, he asked somebody on Craigslist and he got a, like a, a ride or something like that. Oh right, it weren't they from, going like, to like a fish some... concert or something? <laughs> or going to some we try to ask some details. He's like, no, 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, yeah, I don't know anything about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh -oh. but if, if I could, if I can go a little into the, into the hitchhiking concept, which is kind of like the concept, it's it's, it's 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 um it's a good um analogy only because you're you're carrying a bare minimum, and to be successful in business, it's essential that um especially like if you're young, you're just getting out of college, you carry the bare minimum with you. You don't try to go out and get the car. Like I know people who have sold cars to downsize to do business better than come back up. At the same time. You know exactly how things work. In my opinion, there's three things you need when getting out there. You need your belief, right? You need to believe you can do it. You need knowledge. Like a lot of people want to start a business, have not even begun to go to the site called Google to type in anything about their site, right? <laughs> to even find out if the thing is out there or to even find out information about the industry or get stats. Like anything they can be accruing on their own, you got to get that. You got to get the knowledge. And the third thing is you need a network. And it's like, it's, again, it's like hitchhiking, right? Because you start out with your idea, which is going to jazz people up. But when they see you know something about it, actually, they're going to be more willing to help. That person that's willing to help is going to, again, it's going to fuel your belief, right? Because you're moving forward. Okay, this is moving. And then you're going to get more information, meet more people, and it's going to keep turning over and over and over again. And that's your hitchhiking. You're just hitchhiking between your belief, your knowledge, and the network that you're building. And you just keep doing that until you hit your goal. But in reality, you're going to keep doing it as long as you're in business forever. Because even if you switch businesses, your network is going to help with that. Even if you sell your business and get into angel investing, your network is going to help with that. So it's just hitchhiking between those three things or turning those three wheels 
until you get to where you go. But in business, you probably never really get there because it's it's more like a life sport than it is just about one product or one service. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Can you say it, it's sort of on a tangent, but you mentioned how you know some people don't even Google their own business. It happens all the time. It's it's amazing. I having done a number judged a number of business plan competitions or or student um, plans, you know, for, for for college incubators or just for independent incubators. There's nothing more embarrassing than when a student gets up there and presents an idea, and when they get to the questions, and the judge goes, "Well, I just googled this idea, and you know, you didn't mention these 15 competitors." Each of them have been in the market for 30 years. And <laughs> so they just give you the, 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 the oh shit blank stare. Yeah, and it, it happens. It, it's, it's amazing how much it happens. Um, you're absolutely right. So, Antoine, some of that sounded like that might have come from your eight things you have to do to start a business. You put a lot of thought into this, and I, and I, I want to get this out there. Yeah, so I mean, like I said, I've been, I've been before coming into Triple Toe in 2011, right? That's when I first started Triple Toe. I was, um, pushing maybe two or three other ideas, trying to get them to come to reality. So I've been doing this total for like 13 years. I've just been on a grind for 13 years by learning. And even though Triple Toe is taking off, I still feel like it's new. But to your point, I have a basic eight-step thing that I've kind of come up with from my own process that is a, a general guide, not specific, but a real general guide for anybody who comes up with an idea. So the first step is always I feel like you got to try to buy your own invention online. If you invent something, go to Google and try to buy it. See if it's available. And if it is, and your idea is very similar to it, it may not be worth pursuing. You know, um, my nephew came up with a great idea, and he texted me the other day, Ankh, I got this idea. He said, it's for an app. I said, did you search the app store? He was like, oh, no, I'll call you back. You know, (laughs) But that's the first step. The first step is always looking for your own idea out there to make sure it's not out there. I think we have the same nephew. <laughs> I, I want to call you up going, we're going to make millions, millions. And, uh, and just tear him down. Yeah, tear just him down. <laughs> Listen here, kid. From a legal perspective, <laughs> this idea is trash. <laughs> uh, you, you're going to make sense. Sense. <laughs> Sorry, Ed. No, no, that's fair. And then um, after that, after you search on Google, search for your product, search it on Amazon, search it on Craigslist. If you don't find it, you can actually go to a site that Google has called Google Patents, which is patents.google.com, and you can type in keywords about your idea and see if somebody has patented it already. That alone is going to save you tons of time and tons of money because if your product is out there, you'll probably find it in those two steps. The next step, third step, I would say make a garage-type prototype. Put something together that resembles your product. Make sure it works like you think it's going to work. If not change it and fix it and then after those three steps they're going to take time and you really want to be honest with yourself because sometimes you'll see your product out there and be like that's not my product because you don't want the pain of having to turn away from it but you got to be honest with yourself and then after that i would start getting the opportunity to work with lawyers to do a professional patent search um you know we got we got good lawyers here of course in connecticut of course dave here, <laughs> you're <gonna test> that. <laughs> and, dave give us a humble brag you're a good attorney it's just say there are a lot of great attorneys out there in connecticut <laughs> especially dave <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, after you do um do have a lawyer do a patent search for you to make sure that for the most part they think your idea is not out there then you want to just go file a provisional patent which is a um a patent that dates the day you came up with the idea and let's get some clarity. You cannot do a poor man's patent. You cannot put your idea in an envelope and mail it to yourself and use your post date as proof that you came up with the idea first. That's what the provisional patent is for. So when you talk to your uncle or your, or, you know, your grandparents, they're going to say poor man's patent. Do not do that. It is not a legally <laughs> protected thing. That's what provisional patent is for. It doesn't cost that much. So when you tell your uncle that you, you want to do a uh, poor, man's, poor man's patent and he says no, then... Then, as the nephew, you should ask your uncle for the money to go for a full-blown patent and do it responsibly. Yeah, your uncle tells to all you young kids out there, just ask your uncle for more money. Yeah, yeah. Don't let your uncle tell you to take a picture of your product with today's newspaper as proof that you came up with. That's not something you want to. A do. bizarre way of like proof of life. <laughs> proof of life of my idea. Get a little get the metadata of the picture. It's in there. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then for the last step, you just want to go through the normal process of filing your full patent and start setting meetings and stuff like that. Those are the last two steps. That's general, but the first three steps are really important that you screen your idea yourself before just going head head first into it. So it seems like you're like you you, you say you know yourself. So at the end of the day, are you an inventor? Like, are you do you classify yourself as an inventor? Or just a marketer that has ideas and, and has the willingness to, to kind of make products come to life? Because it, you said you had some other ideas, you, you were kind of working with a couple other companies, maybe sell those off and stuff like that, so. I think I'm a marketer. Yeah. I think primarily I'm a marketer. I think ideas come out of me seeing people and saying, oh, I have this idea, and the idea goes on the back burner, and then I just start talking about how I'm going to market it to them. Right, and then I have to come back and deal with the idea, and then say how would the customer receive it, how would it best look. Mm -hmm. But if it looks like that, they're not really going to use it, and if it costs that much, they're not really going to buy it. Mm -hmm. So even as I'm putting the product together, all these market stats and demographic information is coming to my head as I design how it looks, the price point, what it needs to be made of, what are going to be the irritation points of it. Those come brighter and louder in my head than anything, mm -hmm. and then it gives the invention the form. And then I just have to be the businessman to push it out. So I think primarily I'm a marketer, but I think my goal is always to help people enjoy themselves and enjoy life. Like I think that if I would have um, gone the traditional route of just education to getting a good job, I think I would work at like a hotel as a manager because my thing is I love to just... Hospitality. Yeah, yeah. I love hospitality. I love to coordinate somebody's experience and see them enjoy it. Like when I, me and my guys take trips, I love to be the organizer of it. And I love to sit back and just see them, okay, they like to say, there's just something about me that just likes to see how people react in situations and what's pleasurable, what's not. And then that's just the marketer in me. And then the product is just, the product is just the, it, it's just the conduit. You know what I mean? It's just the conduit. So Triple Toe is the product to help people. Before that, I had a baby product to help people carry their babies. You know, I redesigned baby care that didn't take off, but it was to help people because mm -hmm. I saw people struggle. You know, so I'm, I think I'm a marketer at heart. Interesting. Yeah, well, so, you, so basically you go talk to 100 people and you come up with another idea, right? That is possible. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say, since you're focused on carrying products, maybe you could help us design a product so we can continue to carry Mike along. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, we gotta get a mic drop or a nuclear, like a nuclear fall outside because that was a, that was a hell of a burn. Wow. Happy Friday! I just got a sunburn. I was gonna say, here's something. Oh my god, dude, that was. I mean, I know it was a burn against me, but that was incredible. <laughs> the best, the best part is that he's had that line for like a couple of days. Oh, you know he's been. Like, like, he's like, oh man, carrying. He's carrying been prepping it in the mirror. Every Every morning. Yeah, I know. More like a year. I was just talking to his wife. What do you think about the pitch? Oh, yeah. What do you say? Yeah, yeah. So, so we started this last year. Triple Toe won last year. He's, he's literally been carrying this for a year. He's been carrying this for a year. Does it feel good, Danny? Does it feel good? Was, oh, it feels God. kind of amazing, actually. I, I, I was looking I'm at gonna... him like, what is he going to say? <laughs> I did not expect that. That's what I look at Dave every That's the look I give Dave every time. What the hell is he going to say? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I try not to make eye contact. That's why I'm staring at the window blankly as I talk. <laughs> Oh man! I need blinders so I don't have to look to the left. Yeah, wow, yeah. that was. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I, it's this like episode sold out. It's our it's our relationship that makes it work. Relation relationship. That's an interesting <laughs> word. I think we got to go into the thesaurus again. Phonetical <laughs> <laughs> way to say that. So, so Antoine. Um, <laughs> Just one last thing I was curious about. You know, we talked about this about a little bit about this before the podcast. You're from Hartford. Yes. And, and so, you know, city gone through a lot of changes. Uh, it, you know, there's new developments over in the Front Street area. They're moving Yukon downtown, uh, you know, one of their schools. And, uh, but, it, but it's always struggled and it struggles. It's, it's hard for entrepreneurs, um, to come up through here. Um, and yet you're making a success of it. So, so what do you think? What do you think of the community, the, the, this local environment? I think Hartford has come a long <clears throat> way. I think, um, I think Hartford's come a long way. I remember when I moved to Atlanta, and you know, you're trying to get out of Hartford because you grew up here all your life, and it's really a small city. And then when you move to a big city, it's like, damn, 
Africa is really small. You know, you, I mean, yeah, just in the geographic space, it takes up, right? But then you come back and you start to see, especially nowadays, the kids, the young people, they're taking Harvard in a very good direction. And the thing is, we just need to give it time to play out. But Harvard is trying. But I think as the kids grow up, because they're so much more diverse than we were, like we had a real mind. Like a, just a, a, a real simple culture growing up. Like it was like either you do wrong or you do right. It was mm-hmm. like, it wasn't like, like, you have hipsters in Harvard right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's doing right and wrong, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Let me tell you, a hipster would have had a hard time <laughs> back when I grew up. They would have had a hard time. And I feel bad because when you grow up, listen, when you grow up, you do have these different personalities and these different um, callings in your life. But when you step outside, Harvard used to be like, mm-mm, you either this or that. You know what I mean? <laughs> but now the ability that, you know, there's so many different types of young people out here from young entrepreneurs, young, right? <laughs> to, to young guys that are hipsters, people that are joining nonprofits, people that are just regular partying and college kids, people that are just trying to find themselves. You got a lot of different variety, but it just hasn't risen to the top yet. So which to the point where the city is organized to help facilitate all these people. Right now, the city's just starting to do that. They're investing heavily in the um, ecosystem and entrepreneurs, but it's coming. I can tell that, it, that it's coming because I walk the streets, I'd be like, oh, I would have never seen that when I grew up. Or... The, the thriving hipster population could basically <laughs> yeah. be the metric. To determine that we are moving forward. Yeah, are we turning into Brooklyn? I, I saw six neckbeards on my way in this morning. Soon we're going to see them tagged like they're with geese, you know, like they, they're the little geese fans. <laughs> Yeah. Hipster three. <laughs> I actually I actually might have to cut off the, the man bugs. I don't want to be classified as We should do that three. live on the air right yeah. now. Actually, <laughs> make, sure, make sure everything about everything else that I wear is like completely Dude, not hipster. There is there is scissors. I won't look at Dave because I don't like anything I can like, Right behind Dave, there is a pair of scissors. No. It's no, funny because no. we're actually gonna tag you on your way out yeah. today. We're gonna tag <laughs> Get him, tag him. I can't I can't be a hipster because I can't grow facial hair. So uh, I understand <laughs> me too, man. Maybe like ten, fifteen more years. Figuring it out, I think they figured it out, and it's a good thing. It's a good thing. I, I do my only gripe with the city. I guess I should tell the complete truth. Um, <laughs> my only gripe with the city is that the organizations work too much in silos, and they they duplicate effort that's not needed to be duplicated. They don't respond well to things that aren't working. They just push it through anyway, even though it's not working. I just think they need to be more attentive to the results of what they're trying to do instead of just. Saying I'm going to do X, push X out while this guy's doing Y, which is the same thing as X, and they're both not, <laughs> and they're both not working, and they're still pushing, pushing, pushing. Yep. I'm talking money, resources, everything. It's like, okay, this thing over here that you ignored is working, and you haven't even paid attention to that. It seemed like it, they're too separate and too much on their own agenda. I think they need to just really get a feel. The ecosystem needs to get a feel for the layout of land before they push initiatives out. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that's not a problem limited to Hartford. It's, of course, of course <laughs> but, but, yeah. but yeah, it's the, the, one of the biggest problems in the ecosystem in the state is that so much is siloed and it's hard to get people to cooperate and people feel competitive instead of, instead of cooperative. Exactly, exactly. And, and there's, there is a lot of overlapping too. There's a lot of organizations yeah. that overlap into each other and so they're both collaborating but then also competing for the same dollars and stuff like that. So there's, there's that. But again, it's not just Hartford. Yeah, yeah that's true. Stanford, you go anywhere else. Yeah. So do you guys have anything else for uh, Antoine? No, I'm, I mean, that burn just... <laughs> You're just still feeling it. My, yeah. I gotta take a nap. Right. <laughs> what time is it? I could have a drink right now, right? 10.22 in the morning? Yeah, I could have a drink. 5 o'clock somewhere, right? Man, it, Antoine, I personally think you're a very inspiring person. Thank you. It, it, it has been great to have you on. I hope you'll be willing to come back again. And, anytime, uh, anytime. And I would love to come back as as I begin to um, generate the quote-unquote success that you know people talk about because I want to show that because right now I have no revenue right in building. My social media is building. I would love to come back and just recap step by step what it took because that can be helpful. It's awesome. Definitely. We could we could have a success party. We, yeah, we, we, yeah, we, no, we, we still have to do the failure party. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so when Mike wants to give in, throw in the towel. <laughs> yeah. we'll um, no, and also on another note, you know, you have three handsome gentlemen over here. Uh, so if you ever need uh, triple tote models, oh, that's for sure. We're always trying to branch out, and we have a hipster. 
Yeah, it, we have a hipster. Yeah, yeah. I, I can be your big and tall. With the emphasis on the big. I could potentially like like play the the uh, professional woman. Uh, <laughs> I, can, I can flare the hair out a little bit. You know oh yeah, I tell you, I tell you what. This is what we do. I got enough triple toes with me. We'll do a model pic for everybody. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. That's awesome. We will post that in the show notes. Yeah, is that yeah. correct, Eric? Yes. yes okay. Right, yeah. Okay. So people want to go to your Kickstarter. How are they gonna How are they gonna get there and how are they gonna contact you if they want to talk to you? Okay. So if you want. To go to my Kickstarter to check out our video. Our video is hilarious. Did you guys see the Kickstarter video? Yeah, I did. Uh, it was great. All right, it was so fun making. Go to tripletote.com to get access to the Triple Tote Kickstarter video. If you want to contact me, like one thing I'm doing right now during my Kickstarter is I'm speaking about the process of inventing my story for free. So anybody who's interested in having me come out to speak to a good population of kids for free, just email me at Antoine at tripletope.com. That's A-N-T-W-A-I-N-E at tripletope.com. And I'll come speak if you can put a population together. And I just got to point out, the video for the Kickstarter does include acrobats and professional singers. So <laughs> yes, yes, yes. No, no expense spared on that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, and uh, Eric, if people want to contact us, where do they go? They go to ctstartup.com, where all of our podcasts are, or on SoundCloud CT Startup, or Overcast CT Startup, mm-hmm. or iTunes CT Startup, or Stitcher. Stitcher's on there. Yeah, and, and we got to do something where we we create a competition where if if our audience reaches a goal, we cut your hair. The man bun, it, it has to go at some point. It's, it once again, it's unsustainable. Well, the, 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 funny, the funny thing is, the funny thing is, I, I, I need a I triple toe to hold that ponytail. I keep on having people tell me that I'm like, I'm like three years too late. Like apparently, like it's like over. Like this whole thing is over. I, I feel like I always bring back trends. I'm trying to bring it back. You know How's, the yeah. How's the girlfriend feel about that? Oh, she hates it. Yeah. <laughs> it's longer than hers. <laughs> oh, so she's jealous. That's excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I do that too much. Now, now, now I go swimming. I do the whole... What, what, hair, hair swish? Yeah, the hair uh, swish. The, hair. That. It's great. Is it? I'm, that's the only reason why I grew my hair out. So. That's awesome. Well, if um, the next episode sells out, we will cut his, uh, his man bun off. So... <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of ways that can be taken isn't there? <laughs> that's true um no i uh, honestly uh not only thanks for listening to this episode but make sure you check out our our other episodes and please we we urge you to not only leave feedback on itunes or stitcher or similar um download site but please recommend this to your friends post it on social media if you like this uh get it out there uh we we do this because we want to help benefit uh, our community and, and the communities around us, and it's you that helps make that possible. So thank you very much. Thank you, Antoine. Thank you for having me. Have a great thank day. You so thank you. You've just listened to the CT Startup Podcast. You can find us on iTunes or check out our webpage at ctstartup.com where you can find all our social media links. And please, please leave us your feedback. Special thanks to our production team, Kate Rupart, Dylan Gilliatt, and Kevin Dobis, as well as our equipment and marketing sponsor, Martha Kalina, LLP.